postnatal depression is a, a recognised and a very treatable illness. We have anxiety, we have low mood, we have loss of appetite. Intrusive thoughts, obsessional and rational thoughts, very, very scary thoughts for some mums. It's really, really key that you know this illness does go, but it can take time. Hi, welcome to the You, Me and PND podcast with me, Rian Hall. In this episode, I'm joined by Liz Wise. Liz is a specialist postnatal depression counsellor. She has over 25 years experience of supporting parents with PND. Liz had PND twice with her daughters over 30 years ago. So she's lived experience of this and she really, really gets where you are right now. Liz runs the charity and support group, The Cedar House, which offers support groups to help women through their postnatal depression journeys. And if you've listened to the first episode of this podcast, you'll remember Cheyenne. Cheyenne and I met at the Cedar House and Cedar was one of the most important interventions in my recovery. And I have honestly met the most brilliant and brave women in that group. And I'm friends with so many fantastic people from Cedar. I can't say enough how brilliant the support group is and how much it helps women suffering with PND. It is all about giving women a safe space to share how they are and to let them know they're not on their own and they will come through postnatal depression. And actually the reason why I did this podcast was because I wanted it to be a little bit like a taster of a support group. So I wanted listeners to get a glimpse of what it's like to hear other people's stories and to get hope from people who've come through the other side of PND. Liz is probably one of the most experienced counsellors and experts on PND in the UK. She has given her life to supporting women with PND and she's cared for so, so many women. And she's one of the reasons why, without exaggeration, I and a lot of women survive their postnatal depression. She is absolutely golden and I am so, so thankful for her and what she does. I don't know why Liz doesn't have an MBE. That's just beyond me. She should be Dame Liz, so we all need to make that happen. She just needs so much recognition for what she does. She's such a special lady and she'll give you all so much hope that you can come through this. She really makes this world a better place and she is such a light to me and so many other people. Oh, and as a bonus... Liz's daughter Holly pops into our chat to talk about how she has an amazing relationship with her mum and how Liz's PND didn't affect her at all. So have a listen and and please enjoy. And also please help me get Liz an MBE because she deserves it. So Liz, thank you so much for joining us on You, Me and PND. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I am Liz Wise. I'm from Guildford in Surrey. I've got two daughters, Emma's 34 and Holly's 31. And Holly's expecting her first baby in four weeks' time. Little girl who will be my first grandchild, so all very exciting. And I am a specialist postnatal depression counsellor and have been supporting women experiencing postnatal depression and helping their families for about 26 years now. So you yourself suffered from postnatal depression. 
Do you want to tell us a little bit about what happened with you? So I didn't have any experience of any mental health issues before I had my daughter. I'm a quite outgoing, sort of positive, social sort of person. Uh, and to me, depression wasn't really in my vocabulary at all. And certainly not after having a baby. I trained as a nursery nurse on leaving school. So I had worked as a nanny for numerous families and I'd done a stint at Great Ormond Street Hospital and uh, I'd set up my own business for nannies and mothers' helps in London before I had Emma. So I was, I think I had quite high expectations of what motherhood was going to be like for me because I'd looked after quite a few other people's babies. I had a really, really good pregnancy, very straightforward uh, with Emma and a very easy and quick labour and delivery. So I didn't really have any, I thought at the time, high risk factors. Um, And as soon as Emma was born, I felt completely detached from her. I didn't have any feelings of that sort of whoosh, rush of love that people say that you have when you first meet your baby. In fact, I felt very sort of blasé about her and just sort of looked at her and thought, "Mm, well, what now? As those sort of first few days went by, I started feeling highly anxious, but for no reason at all. And I'm not really an anxious person. So after about a week, I decided to go to my GP and he diagnosed postnatal depression and put me on a course of antidepressants. By the time Emma was about three months old, I was just feeling absolutely dreadful and was having thoughts of uh, taking my own life. My doctor was wonderful. He referred me to a psychiatrist who I would say literally saved my life. So she changed my antidepressants and she put me on some progesterone hormone treatment, which in the 1980s was recommended for PND. And when Emma was about a year old, I started to feel these feelings of love for her. And I have to say, they kept growing and they kept growing. Of course, she's in her 30s now. They've never stopped growing. So those feelings did come through, but they were very, very slow and very gradual. So that was Emma. And then after Holly, I unfortunately experienced it again. But I didn't have that awful lack of feeling for Holmes. I bonded with her immediately. And I had some preventative treatment too, which um, was an injection every day of progesterone for a week after delivery. And I felt really, really good in that week. And then as soon as the injection stopped, I came crashing down again with very similar symptoms, very low mood and very high anxiety levels after Holly. But my anxiety hooked itself onto a real fear of my own health, particularly cancer. Um, So if I had a headache, I had a brain tumor. If I had a pain in my breast, I had breast cancer. If I had a pain in my side, it was my liver. So I was constantly going to my GP. And again, was identified with postnatal depression, put on medication, and I had a really good psychiatrist and also I had some CBT. So um, I have to say, although it was dreadful second time around, I wasn't suicidal and I did love my daughter. So I think that was slightly easier second time around for me. Thank you so much, Liz. Can I just ask, so I wonder whether someone else might be wondering, did you have antidepressants with Holly or did you have that hormone treatment? No, I had antidepressants as well. I had the same antidepressants that I took after Emma because I knew they worked and they worked again. So for me, it was an absolute given that I needed medication. I don't think I would have been here without it. I am very pro-medication, but in the work that I do with the mothers that I support, I would never push anybody into taking it if they don't want to. 
but uh, antidepressants work very very well yeah definitely they did for me certainly when you get the right combination sometimes it's trying something out sometimes people go on them straight away and then take to them really well but if you do decide to take medication there is some kind of combination that will suit you so speak to your doctor or your psychiatrist about that I'm going to ask you to talk to us about postnatal depression and give some of your expertise out to people. Can you just tell us really briefly before that about the Cedar House? The Cedar House Support Group is a charity that I set up in 2004. Support groups, I think, are probably one of the most helpful things to aid a mum's recovery because you're getting together with groups of women who are feeling pretty similar to yourself, not Obviously, not exactly how you're feeling because there's a huge spectrum with PND, but very similar to how you're feeling. And these girls allow everybody to get together in a very sort of non-judgmental environment, um, trusting and supportive. And it allows women to really have their feelings normalized by other women and also reduce that sense of isolation you have when you're going through postnatal depression and anxiety. And that's one of the reasons why I did the podcast because I wanted everyone to have a little bit of a taste of what it was like to be in a support group because it has been one of the keys to my recovery, no doubt. My recovery after the mother and baby unit would not have been secured without the Cedar House. And I think it's being able to talk about how you feel and knowing that people get you and there's no judgment, there's so much empathy, there's so much compassion, you can say whatever you want. You can come out and say a thought and people just receive that really compassionately. And a lot of people go, oh, I've had that thought too. And instantly that disempowers the thought. Do you think it's been helpful for you to have a facilitator who isn't a health professional and has been through it herself? Oh, 100%, yeah. And you've been through it twice, so you've got experience of different severities of it is really helpful. But you definitely need to have somebody that's been through it because I I say this quite a lot, but I thought I understood depression before I had PND and I did not understand postnatal depression. And going through it yourself gives you this special insight and I think it gives you that ability to be compassionate. So 100% it should be led by someone that's experienced it. I know this is your podcast and you're meant to be asking me the questions, Rian, but can I just ask you, because some girls that contact me about the group feel that they don't think it would be for them. And I think they worry about their safety within the group, about saying things. What is it about the group that you've attended that's allowed you to, to open up and really feel safe within the group? I think it's the only time that I have truly connected with other mums about my mental health. I think because other people are going through something similar, there's this automatic kind of synergy between you and you just understand each other. There is so much empathy. The children are looked after, which makes a massive difference. But it is a really safe space. Like I come away from that group feeling every time I've been able to share a part of myself that if I had shared that with another group of women, I may have felt shame or I may have felt judgment or I may have felt exclusion. Yeah. So Liz, can you tell us a 
little bit about postnatal depression. It's really misunderstood. It's really stigmatised still. And a lot of people aren't talking about it. So can you tr- just give us some information about postnatal depression? Sure. So postnatal depression is a, a recognised and a very treatable illness that affects around about 20% of new mums and 10% of guys get paternal depression. So what sort of symptoms are there and how do you know you've got it really? Because we all know that when you first become a mother, you're pretty exhausted, you may have low mood, might feel quite anxious, you might feel guilty, bit of anger, a sense of a loss of your former life, and all these things that new mothers do experience. Well, for women with postnatal depression, they'll experience similar feelings, but they'll feel them far more. So yeah, we have anxiety, we have low mood, we have loss of appetite for many women. But on the other side of the fence, you'll have women that are comfort eating, you'll have mums that can't sleep because they've got intrusive thoughts and you'll have mums that all they want to do is sleep to cut off from the awful feelings that they're experiencing. You'll have mums that are having intrusive thoughts, obsession and rational thoughts, very, very scary thoughts for some mums. So why it does happen, top five risk factors for women having PND are if you've been depressed or had anxiety in your past, either as a child, teenager, young adult or any time before you have a baby. Women that have IVF treatment or fertility treatment and that is because the experts think that there's quite high expectations of how it's going to be lots of uh, medical appointments lots of hormones and maybe high expectations from other people around you your friends and family once you are established into your pregnancy how exciting it's going to be when this little baby comes along and everything's going to be fine of course we know in a realistic world that is not the case when we have a baby it's very very tough Uh, another risk factor is women that have multiple births women that have been abused physically sexually emotionally uh, are slightly more increases with having postnatal depression too and if your mother or your sister has had it you are slightly more inclined to be at risk too one of the most increased risk factors for having it is if you have had a loss of mother relationship before puberty the experts seem to think that those women that don't have a particularly good emotional healthy relationship with their mothers before that age where you need to subconsciously sort of have a role model to model your own self on when you become a mother are possibly more likely to get it and we're not talking about a loss of mother relationship necessarily through death it's that not particularly healthy emotional relationship that you have with your mum can make it difficult when you become your mother itself and that makes sense of course yeah because it brings out all the intergenerational issues i think you start thinking how do i want a mother and then you start thinking about your own mothering or your own parenting so a lot of unprocessed trauma can come out yeah mm-hmm. and it's the same for men too with paternal depression you know they may have uh, issues from their past that they haven't dealt with the way they've been parented or what they've been something's happened to them during their childhood or teenage years. I would say about 80% of girls that I support have had some trauma in their past that hasn't been resolved. It hasn't been dealt with. And we need to remember that as people, we all go through traumas in our lives. And a lot of the time we choose not to look at these crises and these traumas, either because they're too painful, so we just sort of shove them under the carpet, or we're too busy with other things going 
on in our own lives at the time. So we think, oh, I won't look at that at the moment. I'll deal with it another time. And quite often when you have a baby, these things come back to bite you on the bum and, and you need to look at them, which isn't necessarily a negative thing. I mean, you know, having postnatal depression is a is a, a dreadful thing to go through, but you can come out the other side of it feeling very much more positive and possibly a much stronger person for it. And maybe on your journey, you've dealt with this issue or these issues that you haven't dealt with prior prior to your PND. So it can have a very positive outcome for lots of women. Yeah, absolutely. I think it can be a blessing in disguise sometimes if you haven't dealt with certain things. Um, also, birth trauma can cause postnatal depression. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, again, I would say there's a big, big percentage of women that come through the groups that have had traumatic births. So how do women know they have it? It's when their everyday life is affected by what they're feeling, how they're feeling. And it doesn't always mean that if you have PND, you don't always have an issue with attachment or a bond with your baby. No, and that's a massive myth, Rian, mm. isn't it? It's a huge myth because there are so many women that come to the group that don't have attachment issues at all. They love their babies. However, for the likes of myself, there was an attachment issue, but my psychiatrist described it to me as the severity of my depression was weighing on my feelings so much, pushing my feelings for my little girl down that I was unable to feel them. All I could feel was huge anxiety and depression. I wasn't feeling anything else. So once my depression started to lift with the help of my psychiatrist and the medication, then my feelings were there and I could feel them. They were always there, but they were just really, really bogged down under my illness. Your relationship with your daughters is so good now. I think listeners will probably be wondering, has it impacted on them? Uh, well, I can grab one of them who's here with me in the other room if you want. <laughs> and she, she can say it herself if she wants to. But I would say that my relationship with my daughters wasn't impacted at all, wasn't affected whatsoever. Neither of them can remember me being so ill. And Emma was nearly three when Holly was born. Of course, Emma knows I didn't feel for her. She has no problems about that at all. The three of us, we have a brilliant bond. We're all very, very close. And no, I don't think it's made any difference at all. Would you like Holly to come and say something or not? If she wouldn't mind. I'll ask her if she will. Yeah, no pressure though. So, Rian, this is my younger daughter, Holly, who's expecting a baby. This is Rian. Hello. Hi. So your mum's just pounced on you. I was just asking Liz, I know you guys have got a great relationship, but I think some people will be wondering, oh no, am I going to mess my child up if I have PND or something like that? I don't feel it's affected me at all. I don't, mum's always been really open with me about her having PND and how that affected her at the time. Obviously, I don't remember any of it and it's not something that I feel that has impacted on me or my older sister at all, so... That's really good to know, because I'm sure people out there might be wondering, oh no, what if I damage my child? What if I wound them forever? So you're saying that that is not the case for you guys? Part of my mum's PND was that she didn't feel she bonded particularly quickly, especially with my older sister. But in terms of our relationship, since I can remember, we've always been so close, so that certainly has, hasn't had any kind of effect at all. Mm, that's lovely to hear. Thank you so much.
Often comes up. People think that postnatal depression is all about low mood, and it's actually really common for it to be about anxiety, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's difficult, isn't it? Because the term postnatal depression, you just immediately think, oh, depression, low mood, dark thoughts type of thing. But you know, one of the biggest things about postnatal depression is anxiety, and I would say that the majority of women that I've ever supported have all had anxiety it doesn't have to be anxiety about the baby and it's horrible you know a lot of women feel very unwell with it it can cause physical symptoms vomiting in the morning diarrhea terrible sort of panic attacks uh, hyperventilation not being able to catch your breath severe chest pains tummy aches headaches so you know it's something that is a massive part of postnatal depression we need to be talking about anxiety as well as PND. And that's why some people call this illness postnatal illness, not postnatal depression. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of people do have the anxiety and then that can kind of lead into really intrusive, obsessional thoughts. And sometimes it can get so severe that people end up sort of fixating on death or dying. Those thoughts can become very, very scary. And we call them obsessional, irrational thoughts. You know, and these, these thoughts can really, really spiral out of control. Absolutely. It's actually quite common and it's really important that you speak to somebody about that because a lot of people worry if they talk about those thoughts, someone's going to come and break their family up or they're going to get reported to the police. Nine times out of ten, they're not acted on. But it is really important to definitely go and speak to somebody about them. Health professionals are there to help families they're not there to split families up people are not going to take your baby away from you should we end by chatting about some of the ideas to support the well-being of someone with pnd simple things like rest when you can but obviously that's not that easy when you've got a baby asking for help just saying to people can you help me with chores, delegating responsibilities. Don't feel like you have to be this super person that does everything and never asks for help. Also getting out for periods of time, just seeing seeing some daylight. Don't push yourself into doing stuff that you really don't want to do. Don't, don't compare yourself to other women that you see on social media who are doing this and going off swimming and rhyme time and everything. If you don't feel like doing those things, it's not gonna damage your baby emotionally, psychologically, academically. <laughs> they only need their basic needs met. Keeping them clean, safe, changed and fed. Some of the other things were obviously thinking about the medication, because that's really helped both of us. Speaking to health professionals like your health visitor and midwife, your GP. There are local perinatal services in lots of places groups so obviously the cedar house is sort of london and surrey but there are other support groups you're just mentioning real medication don't be afraid of taking the medication you know i've seen a lot of girls struggle for months and months and sometimes even longer than months saying i'm not going to take it i can get better on my own and then nine months down the line say actually i'm going to take it because nothing else is really sort of getting to the bottom of this and then they'll say oh, i wish i'd taken it sooner you know antidepressants are made to combat depression as antibiotics Antibiotics are made to combat an infection. They get you to full recovery alongside 
other things that you're doing. And you can safely breastfeed on taking some antidepressants, not all of them, but the ones that your GP would prescribe for, for breastfeeding mothers. And if there isn't a support group in your local area, so you can ring Helpline. So the Panda website has got the Helpline number on that. There's the Association of Postnatal Illness. Because I'm a trustee of the Association of Postnatal Illness, you know, they're very, very dear to my heart and I use them both times after the girls. So they're a fantastic charity that have ladies that have been through PND themselves that volunteer to help other women who are going through it at the time. So do contact them, they're an amazing charity. Also Homestart are a great charity for providing a bit of emotional and practical support as well. And, you know, do contact the Cedar House group. Um, even if you just want to have a chat with me, email, text or phone, I'll always um, be there for you. And if you want to come along to the group, you're more than welcome. And also the therapy. So you had CBT, I've had psychotherapy. I think sometimes talking about it to someone who's not necessarily a close friend or family can be just as beneficial, really. I think sometimes with family members and friends, they, they so want us to get better so quickly that, you know, sometimes you might feel, actually, I'd better put on a bit of a front because my husband thinks I'm was a bit better yesterday and he doesn't understand why I'm not feeling so good today. So I think with family and friends, you can easily not talk about it as much as possibly you might do with someone that you don't know. Because that person, whether it be the Association of Postnatal Illness or um, coming to a support group or myself at the end of the phone that you might never have met, you know, non-judgmental attitude. And because I'm not emotionally involved, with the girls that I support. Obviously, I care for every single one of them in aiding their recovery, but I'm not emotionally involved. And I think that emotional involvement from friends and family can make you feel a bit pressured to get better yeah. quicker than sometimes does happen. Do you know what I mean, Ria? Yeah, totally. I think the instinct is to try and fix people. And that's what I found so beneficial about speaking to a therapist or going to the support group you're allowed to feel the full extent of your feelings without worrying about how that will impact on your mum or your dad or your sister or brother you can really go to the dark bits of your feelings and no one saying okay come on you you need to get better now you need to you need to fix this you're able to explore that so I, I agree speaking to somebody who doesn't really know you can be really helpful. I think also during your recovery, it can really help you to make a sort of little note of how you're feeling each day, because there will be days, particularly to begin with, all your days will be bad. So if you mark your days in the groups, we use a score from naught being the worst a mum's felt to 10 being where she wants to be. If you sort of mark your days out of 10, to begin with, you'll see your sort of ones and twos but as your recovery goes on you'll see you jump to sort of fours and fives and then six to seven and if the recovery is never linear it's never straight up it's always up a bit down a bit down a bit along a bit very much on a sort of emotional roller coaster that you feel you're on when you're in this illness anyway so to either sort of write down when you are feeling quite good write a little note actually i'm feeling a bit more like myself today or mark your days out of ten or do them both together can be really really helpful remember that everybody does recover i'm i'm not exaggerating when i say this i've worked with thousands of women over 26 27 years with pnd and in my experience i've never known anybody that did not recover so it's really really key 
that you know this illness does go, but it can take time. Exactly. You're not going to feel like this forever. It feels like it when you're in it, but you will you will recover and you will start enjoying your life and your baby with time. Absolutely. Very much so. And you will probably feel a sort of stronger, more compassionate, patient, possibly person than you were before. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for inviting me on. I hope that's been useful for people listening. And thank you, because I know the journey that you've been on has been very, very um, traumatic for you. Mm. And I always consider myself very, very privileged and honoured to go on these journeys with the girls that come through come through the groups. And, and you are certainly one of them. I feel very honoured to have supported you through your journey and I've just seen how far you've come from being so so unwell when you first contacted me to to how you are now and look at what you're doing to help other people out there with it so I I have great admiration for you Rian. Oh thank you so much Liz thank you and I think it's so good that people realize we were both in terribly dark places and now look where our lives are I think it's really good for people to hear stories from women that have struggled so much but come through it and as you said with Cedar you've you've never supported anybody that hasn't been able to recover yeah thank you so much I'll just end by finally saying if anybody is struggling please speak to your GP or your midwife or your health visitor or go to A&E if you need to or call 999 if you need urgent support please please reach out and somebody can help you